podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor podcast. My name is Scott and in this episode we're going to be looking at the top 10 midfielders to start the season with on Sun Dream Team. Straight in at number one we have Bruno Fernandes at 6.5 million. I think he's the best midfield option uh, on Dream Team this season, especially with the new point scoring system. He would have scored 338 points with this new system, which is a 55 point increase on last season. He's got, he had the third highest points overall. The only players that were ahead of him were Haaland and Rashford. He's going to be on penalties for Man United. He was taking penalties last season and they do have quite a good opening run of fixtures. So the first three are pretty good. You've got Wolves at home, You've got Tottenham away and then you've got Nottingham Forest at home. So two really good home fixtures there against Wolves and Nottingham Forest. It does get a little bit harder. So they've got Arsenal away from home and then they have Brighton at home. So it does get a little bit tougher. But I do think Bruno Fernandes is good enough just to pick and stick with him through the tough fixtures too. So last season he got 14 goals, 16 assists. He had 54 shots on target. 48 big chances created, and then 110 tackles. Now, the significance of this, obviously, you get five points for a goal, two points for an assist. But now this season, you get one point for a shot on target, you get one point for a big chance created, and then you get one point for every two successful tackles you make. So he's got really good numbers across the board here in this this new scoring system. 54 shots on target is pretty high. Um, 48 big chances created also is pretty high up there. And then 110 tackles is really, really good for a midfielder, as you'll go on to see in the later part of this video compared to some of the others. Um, He was top for shots on target. He was top for big chances created. And then he was fourth for tackles made out of all of the midfielders in Dream Team this season. So he scores pretty highly across the board. He also scored 40 bonus points. Now, if you watch my videos regularly, um, we said that the bonus point system seemed broken and it was pretty much pointless, literally. So you had like Haaland, Salah, Kane, all on like zero, one, barely any bonus points at all. It it seemed like the whole system was broken. This week, they've gone in and changed the rules and they've lowered the tiers, so it makes bonus points easier to achieve. So now, with this new system and the amended rules, Bruno Fernandes would have picked up 40 bonus points last season, which is pretty significant again. So. Bonus points now do have some significance in the game, whereas it was looking like it was completely broken and pointless. So that is one thing to now pay attention to when you're doing your team planning. Some other reasons I really like the Bruno Fernandes pick, he's absolutely nailed in this Man United squad. There's no risk of rotation for him and he's rarely subbed either. So on Sun Dream Team this season, you get points for basically playing 60 minutes and then over 60 minutes, which with Bruno Fernandes is not going to be a problem. Compared to maybe some of the City midfielders, you're not quite sure if they're going to start or come in as a sub. You're already at a points disadvantage there. And also, because of the new rules, there is a deadline on one hour before the kickoff of the first game of that sort of game week. You don't have to worry about whether or not Bruno Fernandes is going to be starting in that first game. With Man City, for example, you don't know if a Phil Foden's going to play. Uh, whether a Bernardo Silva is going to play. You're always, in the back of your mind, you're wondering, is there going to be a pep roulette? With Bruno Fernandes, he's going to start every game regardless. So that's why I'm going with Bruno Fernandes at number one. At number two, I'm going to go to Bukayo Saka at six million. So he's had a massive increase in price and not surprisingly so because he's had such a great season. Uh, 15 goals and 12 assists last season. 
He's 37.4% owned on Dream Team this season. So if you do like to have a little look at the ownership when you're choosing your players, that is a really high one. He is, in fact, the second most highly owned player behind Erling Haaland. So that could be something to consider in your team. If you don't pick Bukayo Saka and he does well, you probably will be at a bit of a disadvantage to start the season. Um, he's on penalties as well, which... Some people might not find that so great. He missed one in pre-season. Obviously, he missed that high-profile one for England. I don't think we'll be changing the uh, penalty taker at Arsenal. I think he'll continue to take penalties, and I think he'll continue to score penalties as well. Uh, the opening fixture run for Arsenal is pretty good. So they're at home to Nottingham Forest. They're away to Crystal Palace, home to Fulham. Then it's home to Man United, which is a tough, tough game, but it is at home. And then we're away at Goodison Park. So pretty good. Pretty favourable fixtures for Arsenal in that first five game weeks. So Bukayo Saka, he would have scored 313 points on the new system, which was an increase of 118 points. So another player that's done really, really well off of this new system. Like I said, 15 goals, 12 assists, 39 shots on target, 12 big chances created, 68 tackles and 60 bonus points. So he's done really, really well for the bonus points there. So that's another thing to consider. But like I said about Bruno Fernandes, comparing those, so tackles, Saka had 68, Bruno had 110. Uh, big chances created, 12 for Saka versus 48 for Bruno Fernandes. And then shots on target, 39 for Saka versus 54 for Bruno Fernandes. So I'm not going to do that for every slide, but I just wanted to show you how significant those numbers are for Bruno Fernandes. I mentioned 60 bonus points. Now, 60 bonus points is third overall for bonus points. The only two players that scored more bonus points than Bukayo Saka last season were Jack Grealish and Elise from Crystal Palace. So he is right up there for this new bonus point scoring system. Saka is a now 90-minute player, in my opinion. Um, well, no, it's not even really an opinion. Every week, he's run, <laughs> he's run ragged, um, even to the point where Arsenal fans are sometimes asking for him to be rested, but he never is by Arteta. Um, pretty much always plays the 90 minutes and he's rarely rotated. So I think with Bruno or Saka, you're at no risk of these players being rotated. Martinelli on the other side, obviously he's got a bit more competition, but there really is no competition for Saka on that right wing. Looking at some of the stats on some Dream Team, they've updated the stat center so you can see a lot more of the information. Um, Saka was top for dribbles, which obviously fed into his bonus points. Seventh out of all of the midfielders for shots on target. He was tied for goals last season with the midfielders. And that was actually with Martinelli, Erdegaard and Phil Foden. So 15 goals. And then he fell into the top 10 players that would benefit from the system. So you can have a look at the, um, the stats on uh, FF stuff. And it will show you how much the players got an increase in points between last season and this season. So I do think that Saka is a really, really good pick again this season. Um, maybe the only downside is that six million price point. There are a few other options at Arsenal that come a bit cheaper, but I do think that Saka is by far the best option to have in your midfield from Arsenal. So number one and number two, I found quite an easy decision to make. Number three gets a little bit more difficult. So I'm gonna go for Phil Foden at 4.5 million, but we know with Phil Foden and Manchester City, there is a rotation risk with those midfielders. And again, I stated the importance of it. With this new rule set, you are going to have to choose your players before you see the lineups. So it could be a risky tactic to go for him. 
Man City are the opening game of the Premier League season. The deadline does close one hour before kickoff, so the deadline will pretty much close just before those lineups come out. You might get a few leaks. But I do think Phil Foden is a really good option from that Man City midfield. So he's 14.8% owned at the moment. The fifth highest midfielder for bonus, which was um, and he was sixth in the overall game. So 53 bonus points, not far off Saka there. I think the Community Shield is going to be a confirmation for me whether or not I start with him. Um, if he starts that Community Shield game and we have a look and he's either playing on the right wing or he's sort of playing in the, the central area, maybe if De Bruyne is out. If he does seem to start that Community Shield game, I'll be completely willing to put him in my team for the first game of the season, I'm sure. But like I said, with Phil Foden, he is a rotation risk. I think it's high risk, but it is high reward. 267 points he would have scored last season, which was an 81 increase on the last got 15 goals and 13 assists which is really great numbers comparable really to Saka and Bruno Fernandes 32 shots on target 10 big chances created only 26 tackles and then the massive 53 bonus points so his numbers are pretty good obviously again Bruno Fernandes is way ahead in quite a lot of these numbers but goals and assists Phil Foden is really quite potent there. So like I mentioned, he's the highest goal scoring mid joint with some of those other players. He was top five for assists. And I just think if Kevin De Bruyne is still out and he plays in that midfield role, he could be good. Or he's still got the option of playing on that right-hand side. We did see that Bernardo Silva tended to play on that right-hand side towards the end of last season. So it is going to be interesting to see whether Bernardo Silva gets that spot ahead of Mares now who's left or it'll be Phil Foden, or whether Phil Foden will just start playing through the middle. So that is one thing to consider, and I don't think we're going to be 100% sure um, until we see the Community Shield lineup, and maybe even until we see that first game. But the fixtures do look really good for Man City, so they face Burnley away from home on that opener. They face Newcastle at home in the second week. Then there's Sheffield United away in game week three. Fulham at home for game week four, and then West Ham away for game week five. So Five really, really good games there for Manchester City. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win all of them, to be honest. So that is why Phil Foden is on my radar at 4.5 million. If you're enjoying the video so far, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel to get kept up to date with all the latest Sundream Team content. Still to come in pre-season, I'm going to have the top defenders, top goalkeepers to target, and I'll be finishing off next week with a team reveal. This season, I've also partnered with the Dream Team Tonic podcast. We had an episode out earlier last week where we looked at our top must-haves and budget enablers for the new season. So please do check that out. I've put a link in the description below. And we also have a great Patreon community and Discord server where we chat Dream Team on a daily basis with a ton of great managers. So please check that out. It'll be in the link in the description below. Right, on to number four then. So Gabriel Martinelli from Arsenal at 4.5 million. Now, I think this is a much safer pick than Phil Foden. Martinelli is a lot less at risk of rotation, I think, than Phil Foden. Um, he's at 14% ownership, which is pretty low. He's going under the radar. You'd have to assume that a lot of players have gone for Saka and not Martinelli. Again, he's got really good fixtures. So Nottingham Forest at home, Crystal Palace away, Fulham at home, Man United, tough game, but at home, and then Everton at Goodison Park. So a good fixture run for Arsenal. And I'd say that Martinelli probably is my second pick behind Saka. But at 4.5 million, I do think that's good value. Um, he got 265 points based on last season, which is an increase of 86 points. 
And again, 15 goals, so a really good return from him for goals. And 11 assists is pretty good as well. 37 shots on target, 12 big chances created, 36 tackles, and then 30 bonus points. So not as good on bonus points as some of, some of those other picks, but he still has really, really good numbers. 0.5 million cheaper than Erdegaard, which I think feels worth it. So Erdegaard's been priced, maybe it is fairly, he did have a really, really good season. But 5 million just seems like a bit of an awkward price point on Dream Team for me this season. So you've got Saka at 6, you've got Bruno at um, 6.5, Martinelli, Foden, 4.5. Erdegaard at 5 million just seems a little bit of an awkward one. Um, Erdegaard did finish 11 points ahead of Martinelli last season. But on the new points, Martinelli actually finished 11 points ahead of Erdegaard. Um, so the new point system definitely looks to benefit Martinelli more than it benefits Erdegaard. I know a lot of probably more non-Arsenal fans are concerned about rotation with Martinelli. Um, you have, of course, got Trossard that can play on that side. Um, Smithrow can play on that side. But it, in all honesty, I think Martinelli is pretty much nailed in this team. Uh, there was a, a, a small period of time last season when they did put Trossard on that left-hand side. But I think Martinelli really has stepped up his game since then. And I'm pretty sure that Martinelli's nailed on that left wing. Um, and even more so now that we've got Gabriel Jesus out injured, um, Trossard's probably going to be playing centre forward. I know that also is a debate whether or not Eddie Nketiah or Trossard gets the nod. But I think Trossard's now going to be used in that centre forward position. And Martinelli is completely safe in that left wing position, in my opinion. Just another stat on Martinelli. He would have got 5.8 points per game based on these new points. Slightly skewed because I imagine that everyone's going to score slightly higher than they did last season. Um, he did have a position change as well. So last season, I think he started as a 2.5 million striker. Obviously, he had a really good season, so he's 4.5. But they have moved him into midfield, which I think makes him a much, much more appealing pick. And then lastly, based on points with this new system, Martinelli would be the second best pick from Arsenal. In at number five, I'm going to go with Jack Grealish at 4.5 million. Now, this pick, it doesn't feel as exciting as any of the other ones. Um, so Jack Grealish would have scored 253 points last season, which was an increase of 105 points. He initially wasn't really anywhere near my radar with the old bonus point scoring system. But since they made those rule changes last week and lowered the tier, Jack Grealish comes in with a massive 72 bonus points, which is the most of any player on the game. He isn't as good as any of the other picks and even some of the lower picks for attacking returns. So just the five goals last season is pretty poor. Um, he did have 14 assists, which is a pretty good return, but you are expected to really have more assists when you've got Haaland in front of you, in my opinion. Um, shots on target, 22. Big chances created 16 and then tackles 36. So he's fairly low across the board there, but he kind of does make up for it a little bit in bonus points. The only thing to consider is, do those bonus points really make up for the lack of goals? Um, I don't think they do. If he got another 10 goals, for example, um, and then was on the same sort of standpoint as maybe a Saka or a Martinelli, 10 goals would have gotten like an extra 50 points, for example, which is pretty much making up the difference of that 72 bonus points. Um, and then when you take into consideration now shots on target also score your points, you would have got a few more there. Um, so I would much rather see him bump up those goal numbers to maybe 10 plus um, and not have so many bonus points. But I think that Grealish is maybe like a safer pick. Um, so like I said, I mentioned Phil Foden. 
It's definitely more clinical, gets more assists and goals. But I think with Jack Grealish this season, there's a lot less rotation risk. He pretty much nailed down that left-hand side. He seems pretty durable. He seems to play most games. It doesn't get rotated very much. So I think if you're trying to pick a Man City midfielder, maybe Grealish is the safest way to go. If I see that maybe Phil Foden isn't starting that Community Shield game, I might just go for Grealish instead or put Grealish in my team and then hope that if I do see any early team news about Phil Foden, maybe I can switch it last minute to a Foden. But I still think he is a really good asset to own. Um, I've put him in at fifth, but actually for points scored, he would have only been about ninth, I think it was, on the table. So this is a bit more of my opinion than actual stats for this one. Um, but I just think that five goals, I just have a feeling that this season... Um, he did peak towards the end of the season. I think this season we might see a bit more from Jack Grealish. He's sort of bedded in nicely this season, um, and I think that he will push on. So this one's a bit more of a, a bit more of a feeling than a stats-based one. But I think that he's going to have a good season this season, Jack Grealish. I was kind of thinking that he might come back um, with a hangover or in Pep's bad books, but looking at pre-season, he's straight back in the team again. He seems to be doing all right. So I'm going to put Grealish in at number five. And one thing that I'm going to mention. I think it's going to be important this season to have a midfielder from Man City, potentially. Um, I'm not 100% set on it, but I like the idea of it because everyone's going to have Haaland in their team. Everyone's going to be captain in Haaland. So that bit's the same throughout. But if you can have someone that's maybe providing the assists to Haaland, it's just another, another level to that because we know that Haaland's going to score a ton of goals but someone's going to have to be assisting him. And that might set you aside from some of the other teams that don't have someone from Man City in midfield. And again, I'll quickly just mention their good run of fixtures. They've got Burnley away, Newcastle at home, Sheffield United away, Fulham at home, and then West Ham away. And I think the actual good fixture run does continue a bit further than this. I think it's about game week eight that they face Arsenal. So I do think it's going to be important to try and fit some Man City players in your team. They're just quite expensive and it's hard to do. But I think Grealish or Foden are good options for Man City this season. Right, in at number six, and I've gone for Matoma at 3.5 million. And again, this one is more of my opinion than the stats because there are a few players that do score a bit more highly than Matoma um, points-wise. So I think this, again, is a bit more of my feeling rather than backed up by stats. He had 225 points based on last season and a 72 increase on that. Um, 10 goals, 11 assists is a really, really good return. Um, 26 shots on target, 13 big chances created, 51 tackles and 28 bonus points. So from those last guys to these guys, I do think there is quite a significant drop off. And you can probably see that in the price reflected by 3.5 million. He was a really, really good own, uh, player to own last season. That's probably why I've put him a little bit higher. I got him fairly early last season and he done really, really well for me in that um purple patch he had so yeah little soft spot for Matoma there um, his fixtures do look good to start off with but then they get a little bit tougher so at home to Luton in the first game which is a really great fixture Wolves away from home then they have West Ham at home then it gets a bit tougher with Newcastle at home and then Man United away but we know with Brighton they do give the big boys a, a game so I don't think it's anything to be too concerned about those harder fixtures now I mentioned that he's probably not up there for stats um, compared to some of the other options. And a lot of those other options do come from Brighton as well. So Solly March at the same price, 3.5 million, was on 267 points versus Matoma's 225. So 40 points better off. Um, and then Gross as well, um, he's 3.5 million and he would have been 20 points better off 
um, than Matoma. So both Gross and March were doing better in total points. But I do think that Matoma peaked a little bit late into the season. He didn't start off the season. Brighton had Trossard as well um, to start last season. So he didn't, I don't think he played quite as many minutes. Um, I do think that Matoma is completely nailed on that left, left wing as well. They've brought in a, quite a few new players now. Um, they've brought in Jao Pedro up front. So there's a lot of rotation risk up front. Um, I'm pretty sure Pascal Gross plays multiple positions. So if you put Gross in your team, sometimes he plays like almost as a right back. Sometimes he plays a bit deeper in midfield. Um, so you're not always quite sure what you're going to get with March. I think uh, with um, Pascal Gross, Matoma, you'd know every time he plays, he's going to play on that left wing position, cutting in, dribbling, scoring. I think he's a really, really good pick. Solly March, that's a bit tougher. Solly March is a really, really good player. Um, and the stats are all in Solly March's favour. So if you're fancying the stats or you're fancying Solly March more, I don't blame you. But personally, I like the pick of Matoma a bit better. And I think he's going to have a better season again. In at number seven, Solly March, 3.5 million. Obviously, I had to include him as well because, like I said, the stats are a lot better for him. So it's 267 points, an increase of 114 points on last season. Um, eight goals, 12 assists, 42 shots on target, 18 big chances created. 61 tackles and 48 bonus points so you can see that he's pretty much ahead of Matoma in a lot of those uh, Matoma, Matoma had more goals than him slightly um, March has got more assists but 42 shots on target for March compared to 26 for Matoma March had 18 big chances created compared to uh, Matoma's 13 and then March was doing 26 uh, sorry 61 tackles compared to Matoma's 51 so Pretty much in all areas apart from goal scoring, March did score better than Matoma. So if you did want to go for the stats, it's probably in March's favour. But again, like I mentioned, I think Matoma probably is a better pick or a more exciting pick in my opinion. Some more stats on March. So he was the seventh overall out of the midfielders for bonus points. More than Kevin De Bruyne somehow. Um, just seems wrong. Um, fourth big chances created out of all the midfielders. He was third for shots on target out of all the midfielders. So he really is a high action player. And I think he probably will still score highly just based on all these good all-round stats. I won't mention the fixtures again for Brighton, but they just are really good for the first three. They get a little bit tougher, but I think Brighton can score against anyone. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. In at eight, uh, it feels wrong putting him this low down on the list. Erdegaard at five million. Now, I don't think that he's the eighth best player out of this list, for example. He's obviously a really, really good player. But I just think the five million price point just seems a bit less appealing. And I think if I was going to choose Arsenal midfielders, there's a lot to choose from now this season. So I'm not convinced that Erdegaard's really going to push on and increase in value a lot more than five million. Obviously, if he does score in those opening fixtures or assist, then he will. But personally, I think I'd just go for Saka or Martinelli. Um, which feels a little bit harsh because he did have a really, really good season. So 256 points, a 66 increase, 15 goals and eight assists is brilliant. This is just a hunch as well, but I felt like with that 15 goals, it did feel a little bit of a freak season. I don't know whether or not he'll do it again. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, I'll be buzzing if he does um, get 15 goals plus this season again. But it did seem like he really, really was having a really good spell there. Um, so whether or not he can replicate that, I'm not completely sure. 
34 shots on target, 16 big chances created, and 41 tackles, 28 bonus points overall. Um, 23% ownership for Erdegaard. So there's a lot of people that do disagree with me, and they might even be going for Saka and Erdegaard, which is a massive chunk of budget. Um, but personally, I would be going for Saka. Those attacking returns are brilliant, um, but like I said, I'm not completely sure whether or not he'll he'll carry that on. And I'm a bit worried that if we do proceed with having um, maybe Party or Rice as the six, and then Havertz and Erdegaard as the two eights that we have been doing in pre-season, whether or not Erdegaard will be as attacking as he previously was, because I think that Erdegaard's defensive side of his game is probably a little bit better than Havertz's. So I'm wondering whether Erdegaard might be forced to do a little bit more defending and whether or not that might affect his attacking returns a little bit. It's just a hunch. And there will be times, I think, where, like this Community Shield game, I think that we probably will play Rice, Party, and Erdegaard. Um, so he still will benefit when it's like that. But in the easier games where we might put Havertz in alongside Erdegaard, I just wonder whether Erdegaard's attacking um, numbers might suffer a little bit. So again, nothing wrong if you do decide to pick with Erdegaard, but I just think there are better options from Arsenal at this time. Right, in at number nine, going over to the other side of North London, Madison at four million. Now, I think James Madison at four million is actually underpriced. Um, I think he could easily have been around the 4.5 mark. He's been a consistent performer on Sun Dream Team for the last few seasons. And now he's joining, I didn't want to say it, but he's joining a better club. He's joining a more attacking club. He's going to have the likes of Son and Harry Kane if he stays around him. I think that he's going to have, a, again, a really, really good season, James Madison. And at four million, I do think that is a really good price point. The fixtures are a little bit tough to start with. So they've got away at Brentford, which is a tough fixture, a good defensive side, Brentford. Um, and then they've got Man United at home, which is going to be a tough game as well. But after that, they have Bournemouth away, Burnley away, and Sheffield United at home. So three really good fixtures there. And I think that Madison is going to be a really key asset in this team. Um, I'm not sure whether he's not going to take penalties, for example, but maybe he might take corners and some free kicks maybe off some of these players. Um, so I think that he is a really good set piece taker. So there might be a chance that he takes some of these unless, unless Kane flexes his muscles with the captain's armband and decides he's going to take everything. But if Madison does, I think he's a really good... Uh, pick for that. He averaged 7.3 points per game based on last season's stats, which is pretty high. Um, 235 points overall, a 45-point difference. He got 10 goals and 9 assists in a Leicester team that were relegated. And if I remember rightly, I think that Madison was injured for quite a big chunk of games as well. So that is a really good return. And he does have um, previous of getting good numbers. 30 shots on target, 12 big chances created, and 53 tackles. Um, bonus points, 58 as well. 58 bonus points was a really good return. Uh, he was fourth out of all of the midfielders on the game. So, yeah, I think that he's going to improve these numbers playing for Spurs. And then in at number 10, Brian Umbuemo. Now, I do have a soft spot for this player. I think I started last season with him as my budget enabler. He's a little bit more expensive this season. I've just noticed I forgot to put the price, but I think he's down at 3.5 million. I'll just quickly double check that. Yeah, Umbuemo, 3.5 million. He's actually only on 3.7% ownership, but he does seem a very popular player um, on sort of fantasy football Twitter. He's averaged uh, 5.3 points per game. Um, I had a little look because basically the big appeal of Mbwemo this season is because Tony's um, 
suspended. And Buemo will be the penalty taker and is also likely to be taking sort of free kicks and corners as well, it looks like. Um, he took penalties last season when uh, Tony wasn't on the pitch. So there's that aspect of it. He kind of is now going to step up and be the main man. They haven't really signed anyone, um, like any marquee signings to take Tony's place. So I think Embuema will step up and be the main man. They've got nicer attacking fixtures to start off with. So they're at home for, against Tottenham. They're away to Fulham. They're at home to Crystal Palace. Then they're at home to Bournemouth. And then they're away at Newcastle. So that's a tougher game, that Newcastle game. But the Bournemouth, Crystal Palace and Fulham games, they do look good ones to target. And Brentford are good against some of the bigger sides as well, like Spurs. So I think the fixtures are there for Embuemo. But I'm just not completely convinced that just because Tony's out, that Embuemo will just come in and take Tony's place and hit really, really good numbers. He did get 10 goals and 9 assists last season, which is a really, really good return. Um, but at that 3.5 million price point, he is competing with the likes of March, Matoma, for example. And in my opinion, I think I would just rather go for the team that is more attacking than Brentford, for example, that have lost their talisman. We know full well that um, Brighton score goals against whoever they play, basically. They're attacking side, they have loads of shots, loads of goals, whereas Brentford are a bit more defensive. And I had a little look at a stat earlier, and for shots, just straight up shots, Brighton had the most shots of any team in the Premier League last season, even more than Manchester City, whereas Brentford were down in 18th in the Premier League for shots. So I just think if I'm gonna be going for a sort of a midfielder or attacker from one of these two clubs, I think that Brighton, um, in that sort of attacking style of play that they have, versus Embuemo at Brentford in a sort of more defensive, long ball kind of football without their talisman in Tony, I just think that I'd rather go for the Brighton player. But no problem if you like Embuemo as a pick. I still think he is a really good one. But I just think it's a little bit more risky than going for the Brighton option. One last thing to add as well about Embuemo. So I was getting quite excited at the prospect that he might start as the striker. I was having a little look at some of the pre-season games. And it looks like he is still mostly playing in the wider positions with uh, Vissa playing up front. So it doesn't look like Embuemo is going to be playing as that starting striker. But we do know that he does get in those attacking positions and he plays pretty high up the pitch. Right, now I'm going to do some additional mentions um, because this is quite a handy bit because I did my strikers, uh, my top 10 strikers in the last video and since then two of them have got injured. So it's quite, it's quite good to put these notable mentions in there because if any of these pre previous players get injured, you can pick from some of these. Now, you might be wondering why Kevin De Bruyne wasn't on this list and he is actually massively owned on Dream Team at the minute, I noticed. Um, De Bruyne is almost 30% owned at the moment, even though he hasn't kicked a ball in pre-season. Um, just coming off the back of an injury in that Champions League final. I did see Man City put out a tweet, something like things you like to see, and it was Kevin De Bruyne training. But he hasn't played a minute of um, pre-season football. So this might change if he does maybe get in the Community Shield squad or start in that game or get minutes in that game. Then I think I'm pretty happy to bump, uh, to bump Kevin De Bruyne straight up to either second or third on the list. I think he would be just behind Bruno Fernandes, in my opinion, now. Um, but based on just him being a bit of a rotation risk at the moment, just due to injury. If it's fully fit, he'd be right up there. But at the minute, for £7 million, um, I don't want to be taking a risk on a £7 million player on their fitness. I'd much rather go for a Kane who will start every game, a Salah that will start every game, a Rashford or a Bruno. So at £7 million, 
I'd be picking Kevin De Bruyne as long as you're 100% sure that he's going to be starting. But we'll just quickly look at his numbers. So 47 bonus points, 331 points he would have scored on the new system, which is huge. Uh, 10 goals, 31 assists, 31 assists, 32 shots on target, 43 big chances created and 43 tackles. So in this, this uh, if you have a look at the um, graphic on screen, the, the difference isn't the difference. That, that difference I've put on this one here for these guys is the points that they scored last season. So he would have scored 252 points last season, but with the new points, he scored 331. So for now, Kevin De Bruyne is just going to be on this mentions list, but he obviously would be right up there if he was fully fit. I'm going to go with Bowen as well at 4.5 million. Again, he is a good pick and they've got okay-ish fixtures, but I'm just a little bit worried about West Ham at the minute. They've obviously sold Declan Rice, um, but they've not replaced him really as of yet. And they've not really brought in any new players either. So I do think that West Ham probably are going to struggle. Bowen did really well last season for points, but he did go all the way through to that um, Europa League conference final. So he did have a lot of games, 45 bonus points. 286 points, 12 goals, 14 assists. So really, really good attacking returns there, but they do have to go the distance really for him to hit those big numbers. Uh, 36 shots on target, 13 big chances created and 49 tackles. So again, I do think Bowen is a good pick. He is a gets a lot of attacking returns, but at 4.5 million, I'm not going to be picking a Bowen over a Martinelli in my opinion. Now I did mention Trossard earlier. Um, he's only 3 million as a midfielder. Now, I wouldn't like to pick him just because he does seem like he's a bit of a rotation player for Arsenal. If the striker gets injured, he can play striker. If Martinelli was out of form or injured, he could take Martinelli's place on that left-hand side. Um, and even in pre-season as well, um, he started playing in that sort of left eight where we've been experimenting with Havertz, where Xhaka was basically. Uh, we were playing Trossard a little bit deeper there as well and he was doing really well. He scored a couple of goals. Um, but with Jesus injured and Trossard 3 million, if we've got a midfielder for three million playing up front for Arsenal, I think I'm going to have to tear up my game plan a little bit and maybe consider it. We're going to wait and see. We've got the Community Shield tomorrow. Um, so it's either going to be Eddie Nketiah or Trossard. And Eddie Nketiah is two million as well. So again, that could be someone to consider. But I think I would like to... I would consider putting Trossard in my midfield at 3 million if he is starting up front. So I'm going to keep my eye on that one. 24 bonus points, 197 points in total, 8 goals, 13 assists, 26 shots on target, 9 big chances and 26 tackles. So 8 goals, 13 assists is also pretty good. He did start the season at Brighton and do well uh, early on um, and then he did get quite a lot of attacking returns for Arsenal in that back end of the season. So again, Trossard 3 million. Definitely on the radar. Bernardo Silva, 4 million. Didn't seem like a great player to particularly own last season. Um, he was a bit of a utility man. He sort of played a bit of everywhere last season. In the midfield, he filled in at that inverted left back at times. And then he ended the season pretty much nailed on for that right wing spot. So, yeah, a bit of a mixed season for him. It's not ideal if you're not sure exactly where your player's going to play. But he does play. Uh, 29 bonus points, 210 points, 7 goals, 9 assists, 15 shots on target. Seven big chances created and a massive 73 tackles. So you have to assume that those tackles came from when he was in midfield um, and playing at left back because that's a massive amount of tackles for a midfielder. I will keep my eye on Bernardo at 4 million. I'm not going to start the season with him. But if it does look like he's just constantly in that right wing spot rather than playing at left back and centre midfield, if he is going to be playing right wing 
all the time or majority of the time, I think he could be considered at 4 million. So it's one to keep an eye on, I think. Um, 0.5 cheaper than Grealish and Foden is probably about right. Um, yeah, just one to keep an eye on because if you can get a midfielder from City at 4 million, I do think that Bernardo probably is a better pick, in my opinion, than um, Rodri, even with these new points scoring. And then last on my list is Kai Havertz. Again, this is going to be a wait and see, I think, in my opinion. 3.5 million. I do think he'll perform, and I do think that it's a cheap route into the Arsenal midfield. Um, but if Trossard is guaranteed minutes at centre-forward, I think that edges it, and I think I'd go for Trossard at 3 million. Also have a little bit of a worry with Havertz. I do think that he, we are going to try and make this sort of left-centre midfield role work for him. But the Community Shield, I don't think that's going to give us much of an insight, because against Manchester City, I do think we're going to play Declan Rice and Thomas Partey to cope with their midfield. So I think there's a chance that Havertz starts on the bench for that Community Shield game, but then probably goes on to start the season. So it's going to be a bit of a headache. Maybe we'll just want to wait and see on Havertz. Seven bonus points is pretty pathetic, really. Um, 191 points, nine goals, one assist, 41 shots on target, eight big chances created, and 40 tackles. So I think I will consider him at some point um, I have put him in a few drafts to start off with as well because I, I think I was getting a bit excited, new signing. But those stats are pretty poor, but Chelsea had a really poor season as well. So we kind of have to write it off there. I think it will be a wait and see for me, but I still am keeping my eye on Havertz at 3.5 million. That is everything for this episode. So thank you very much for watching. Please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel because I'll have more Sun Dream Team content coming out. And also do check out that Dream Team Tonic link that I'll put in the description below. We've got a great Patreon community and a great podcast that we put out on a weekly basis. So do check that one out as well. Thank you very much for watching and I'll see you on the next episode. Sports Social Podcast Network.